want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, Manhattan Beach, bringing to you a new friend of mine, Dr. Natasha Nelson. We met through the volleyball community, we'll call it, at large in Manhattan Beach, which is there uh, a lot of people playing volleyball on the sand. And we started talking Halo, started talking wellness, and wanted to bring her story and some of her solutions to our audience at large. So. Natasha, great to uh, have you on your first Halo Talks. Thank you so much, Pete. Oh, I'm truly excited to see you, be here with you, and to share the message of whoever it connects with. Great. That's awesome. So talk about some of the things that, you know, maybe get a little personal here. Some of the things you dealt with, you know, growing up. You're obviously an athlete. Um, you know, you probably got some thick skin and were able to handle certain things. And some things, you know, were 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 much more difficult to deal with. So, you know, talk. Talk through that and how you overcame those and then how you decided to turn your, you know, your prescription into your profession effectively as a, a life coach and helping others. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, my thick skin now was not so thick, you know, uh, in my younger <laughs> days. For me, it started, I didn't realize it was starting. Part of my journey was in college when I didn't make any of the sports teams I tried out for. I didn't get a scholarship. I didn't make the teams. And I struggled in college and I really didn't fit in. And, you know, I was up in Northern California. Um, for me, really a lot of the internal struggle of my identity and trying to fit, fit in like, okay, am I black? Am I white? Because I'm 50% right down the middle. And I didn't mm -hmm. fit in anywhere. And it was a struggle for me. And ultimately, through college, I ended up flunking out because I became I was an addict and I was partying and I was living a good life because I was trying to numb and just avoid everything that was uncomfortable and not fitting in. And for me, the turning point was being at, you know, I was remember working in four different restaurants and working seven days a week and every day and just woke up one morning and I was like, I got, something's got to change. It is. And it was really that inner grit and determination to go back to a junior college and take one anatomy and physiology class and then a biology class and work my way up because, you know, I had a dream in second grade. I wanted to be a doctor. I Oof. always wanted to be a doctor. I didn't have a specific kind or what I had to do, but I've always loved athletics and sports and you know, and, and it took me, uh, I, I, I joke now and say it was the scenic route through college, you know, and, and my seven year journey, but I still became a doctor and a chiropractor and ran my own business and, and worked with athletes. So that's, 
the journey that I took, <laughs> all the bobs Understood. and weeds. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of people here that, are, that, that, that have had the same trajectory and never know what's around the corner or what, what doors open up. You know, as, as you took these classes and kind of, you know, overlaid, you know, education or academia over, you know, emotion and behavior and understanding, you know, there are certain triggers, uh, you know, in life. Some of those for me have always been, you know, environmental. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a nightclub at two o'clock in the morning, you know, I'm probably staying until four o'clock in the morning, um, you know, and, and you lose your, your levels of discipline and, you know, and then you, you try and make up for it, uh, or you, you try and not put yourself in certain situations. Um, so, you know, we, we've, we've all partied our way through college, you know, in parts of it, maybe some of it has been masked more than others. Um, you know, but as you kind of took more accountability for yourself, and said, hey, look, I actually have like a pl something that works for me. Um, and obviously you were, you know, wanted to be a doctor. So you always wanted to help others, which it sounds like that's like foundational, you know, to who you are. Um, were you comfortable kind of coming out and telling people like, hey, look, this is, this is my story. And in the past, I would say 10 or 15 years ago, people would say, well, that story maybe is like, that might be too extreme for me, you know, like the X Games. Um, yeah. or maybe like, Hey, that's a journey that I want to learn from. And I'm accepting of, 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 of that path. Um, and I feel like mental health as a, um, you know, as a symptom or, or as an illness has, has obviously come to the forefront where we can have this kind of conversation now, which we really couldn't have had 10 or 15 years ago on, you know, PG airwaves. So how is kind of like society moved? You kind of gotten comfortable with telling your story. And then say, look, I dealt with this and I'm qualified to help you. Yeah. That's a long-winded question. Yeah, that's <laughs> so it started, you know, when I started my chiropractic practice, I really understood how to be the clinical doctor of diagnostics so that I, if somebody came in with low back pain, I had to know really well and quickly if it was my wheelhouse or to refer it out. And I realized as people started to ask questions or want to know, I would share bits and pieces of my story and my information, but never the whole story. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't until, um, you know, probably 10 years into my practice where I was just like more comfortable sharing my experience on top of the knowledge that I had. And it came to a place, it all came to a head where I was just so really burned out and losing everything in life. And my mom was sick, like so much was happening at once mm -hmm. that I had to take the time and take inventory of my own life and my story. And when I did that, I became really comfortable within my own skin because I had lived it and taken time to understand it. That's when I got to the deep core of like, oh, that's how I ended up in that situation. That's how I made those choices and why I did what I did. And as soon as I was able to do that and I no longer felt ashamed, then I could share the whole story from a place of this is what I've done and this is what I learned. And I was no longer embarrassed or ashamed about any of it to the point where I ended up writing the book, <laughs> my right. book, and I didn't plan on publishing it. And then I, but I felt so comfortable. I was like, heck, why not? Because I know it'll make a difference for somebody else. Yeah. So, uh, that, that book is the, the untamed heart. 
No, actually the book title is called Finding Courage to Let You Out. Gotcha. And that was okay. that preceded the Untamed Heart, which is the the course that I teach and what I do now. Got it. Got it. Okay, so let's talk about the Untamed Heart. What what's the course? How do I get into it? Is it is it self? Um, you know, do, do I go on my own tutorial journey, or is it part you know interacting with you as well? Uh, right, it's both. So right now, it's an eight week course that you can purchase and then do at your own pace, the videos and everything there. And then I also run the course live twice a year so that I'm teaching it week by week. So to have the actual interaction um, to as a group, because there is benefit in hearing a group and what goes on in a group and to help the coaching component from there. So that and is- how, how many people are in, a, are in a, a live group? 10 to 15. I keep it gotcha. 15 at the max so that it could really just be a really- close connection and personal learning. And do you do that on Zoom or do you do that in person? Right now, I've only done it Zoom. And at some point, that's the whole point is to do that live when it was really about when everyone felt comfortable being back together again. So, yeah. Gotcha. And what, what are some of the takeaways from that course or what would qualify people, you know, I guess a broad spectrum of people to say, you know, I want to take this course. Is it dealing with similar issues, whether it was, you know, an eating disorder, whether it was kind of finding a path and, and understanding yourself, give, give us some, you know, for the listeners here that, that might say, Hey, I might want to take this course. You know, what, what types of people, you know, broadly would you say should, should be interested? Broadly, I really, my wheelhouse within the mental health is addiction, depression, and anxiety. Mm -hmm. What I found is that I think the heart of the course, like really the one thing is teaching people how to deal with all of the uncomfortable emotions that show up because that's at the root of every unhealthy behavior that people engage in is not knowing what to do when they feel angry or disappointed or frustrated. So I go through and teach what to do with all of those things that show up without feeling so that people don't feel like they have to run away and avoid it and hide it. And then ultimately feel like it becomes a superpower to be like, oh my gosh, I can feel it and use that energy in a way that's actually healthy and productive. Mm -hmm. How have you seen a lot of people use, you know, exercise or, you know, I've got an issue right now. I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go lift weights or I'm going to go into a class. I feel like, um, you know, there, there are micro steps to everything. So yeah, I could look at that. I could look at my my freezer and look at the Van Leeuwen honeycomb, um, which I actually have right now. And I could look at it and stare at it and then let it go away. Uh, or I could just indulge myself and say, I'm going to start my healthy eating again tomorrow. Um, so what what are some of like the simple things that you see people make trade-offs on? And we've we've interviewed some some guests and some doctors that, you know, have very simple, you know, do this, not that or, you know, eat this, not that type of uh, mentality. And that kind of starts a, a train, if you will, of better decision-making. Yeah, I think it's twofold. One, people try to make too many changes at one time, and then it's too much for the system of change. So it's always about one change at a time and give it 30 days to really find out if it works or how it feels or what, 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 what happens with it. 
And with the change, when it comes to whether it's food or exercise, most people say, okay, I'm going to give up all these foods or I'm going to go and they make big, make it too big. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to, let's say food, I always look at and say, well, what is it that you can add into your diet first? Adding a fruit, a vegetable, more water, better sleep. Because by adding something, the psychology and the mind will accept it and allow you to do that for 28 to 30 days for routines to happen. If you try to take things away first, there is something where the mind says, I don't want to let it go. And and it becomes very controlling and trying to hold on. So you're fighting your own mind when you try to take things away instead of allowing something in first. So if you're eating more vegetables, naturally you're going to eat less of the other foods with it. That's it. I mean, no one's ever actually commented on that. I think that's a real interesting takeaway from from this is add add healthier things. And then over time, you'll fill up on those healthier things that that you won't actually need to put the 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 more destructive, you know, components of your sugar diet or your carbs in. Um, that that's a really unique perspective that I haven't heard before. Um, So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I like to do, um, you know, my whole thing is, well, what's sustainable versus what's doable? Because anything's doable, but man, if it's not sustainable, you're going to crash and it won't last. And then you start over and then you start a whole other cycle of things too. So, yeah. Yeah. So so with the eight-week program, you know, have you seen people be able to then take, you know, their, their activities and say, you know, okay, I've had this eye-opening experience or I'm on the right track. Do you feel like it's a, you know, every day is kind of, you know, a constant struggle, if you will, or, you know, discipline with yourself? Um, just because that's how addictions work. And, you know, if you're addicted to alcohol, you know, basically like every day you're thinking about, you know, I'm adding another day um, in, in my fight. And I feel like that now is something that people could talk about when maybe they didn't before or they were hiding it. Now it's like, Hey, let's put a group around you, you know, and you, we could talk about this. It doesn't have to be under the, under the rug. Yeah. What I've heard and the feedback I get is it opens people up to the awareness of what's going on around them day to day that triggers them. Most people, when they're, it's like engaging in addictions, you know, it's easy to think of the obvious, like, you know, alcohol and drugs and food and sex and porn, like the big heavy hitters. But if you're trying to get rid of addiction, but you don't get to the core, you end up just substituting one for another. And then people go, oh, well, you know, I'm exercising. It's good. It's healthy. Yeah. But it's also an addiction if you're trying to avoid something. And so For me, with the course, it's about teaching people how to have the awareness skills to know like, oh, I just got triggered. Something feels uncomfortable. Let me address it now and figure out what it is instead of bypassing it and skipping it and letting everything build up. And it's really comes from a place of, you know, really slowing life down to show up and be present in the moments to be to recognize what's happening. Once you do that for enough times, and it doesn't have to be a lot, it could be within a 10-day, two-week period, we all have patterns that have triggers in them. And if we start recognizing our patterns, then we start to go, oh, 
And I realized I was doing that on a regular basis. And then you can break the pattern at the root instead of trying to keep trying to cut off the addiction symptom. It's like, let's just go directly to the root and figure out what it is. Yeah. So let's talk a little, let's flip this, this, this script for a minute. Talk about you as a, you know, a practitioner, as a, you know, a, an expert in, you know, whether it's chiropractic, whether it's, you know, spirituality, um, whether it's a life coach, there are a lot of different certifications that people can get now. We've, we've been doing some work with Lionel University. We've been doing some work with wellness professionals that, you know, continuously go back to school and like they're trying to learn something new to kind of put into their, you know, holster or like ballywick of like, here's everything I know and here's how I could help you. Um, how do you as an entrepreneur and as a, as a practitioner say, look, you, I, I've actually got a multidisciplinary you know, and, and how does someone on the other side of that say, okay, Dr. Natasha Nelson, you know, okay, you're my chiropractor, you're my spiritual advisor, you're my life coach, you're my, you know, addiction expert. You know, do you, at some point, do you, do you kind of tell people, look, the more you can learn, the better you're going to be at everything. However you want to define yourself, like don't worry about how to define yourself. I, I want to get to the root of how people should not limit what they could learn and what they could deliver. Yeah. I love that. You know, I'm a student. I love learning. I feel like I'm, I'm, I love learning. I love learning about stuff that doesn't seem to matter or seem relevant or even seem to correlate to the work that I do. Because what I've realized is universal lessons are universal, no matter where you learn them. And if mm -hmm. you come down to, principles that you're learning, things that you really feel good about that you learn, then you're able to teach it. You're able to explain it. You're able to use it. And for me, learning doesn't mean I have to use everything all the time, but it's just a way of connecting and also communicating. Some people, you know, I learned this early in my practice. Um, one of my first clients was an engineer. Oh my gosh. And he drove me crazy because he kept asking questions. <laughs> which at the time I was so irritated. And then I realized how much I loved it because his questions forced me to get really clear on what I do and, and being able mm -hmm. to connect and communicate. But I also learned how to communicate what I do in a way that an engineer could understand, which is different from, you know, an athlete understanding it, which is different from a, a 14 year old understanding it. So learning everything as much as I can always came back to how is this going to benefit me in how I communicate, how I understand other people, how I'm able to connect with them, because that's the only way that I can bring my message and share and help teach them. That's great. So, you know, over COVID, obviously you had a lot of time to, you know, assemble your thoughts, do this over Zoom. You know, as you look forward to the next couple of years, do you feel like, you know, this is something that you and people like you will do on a virtual one-on-one -on -one coaching? We don't really need to pay for an office. Do you feel like there's a value in having a bricks and mortar location or a medical office or group that you're affiliated with? Because I feel like there's go that like life is kind of going in two directions. We're on the finance side and we see all these medical groups and they're buying up different practitioners and 
they're doing deals and it's more like a capitalist play to like keep someone in like an insurance or like, you know, revenue per member for the life of the member, talking a little bit of finance and capitalism right now. Or do you say, hey, look, I'm going to do my thing. This is word of mouth. I'm going to be out there. I'm not concerned about where my leads are going to come from. I just know that the universe is pointing me in the right direction and I'm helping people. So how do you think about that as, can I, should I be an employee or a partner or something? Or you know what? I'm self-employed. I'm good, which is <laughs> kind of where I fall yeah. for, for better or for not. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's not good for my, you know, uh, you know, stability on like getting a paycheck, but I kind of, you know, left that at the, the wayside a long time ago. So how do you think about that or advise someone who's, you know, coming into the, to the ranks now and saying, I'm going to do this, you know, should I align with someone and have a safety net or should just follow your gut, follow your practice and things will work out? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm like you, I'm one of those birds who values my freedom because I've Yo, always freedom. been that way. Oh, <laughs> I worked in restaurants growing up and that's the closest thing to corporate employee <laughs> I've ever been. Um, when I got out of chiropractic school, I started my own practice because I, I watched my mom. My mom came here from Europe and started a business. And I loved that she was able to be with me at school events with me, but I also wanted to have control over my own life. Um, and for better, for worse, you know, there are days where sometimes I was like, oh, I wish I should, I should have taken a corporate job. And then I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't, you know, there, it's a trade-off. And what I say to people, it's like, you know, it's, it's, you have to do what you feel is right for you at the time and also be open and flexible to change it. <laughs> you don't have to be stuck one way or the other. And there's value for both and there's learning both. Um, you know, if I worked in a corporate place, a lot of the lessons, I may have learned them a lot faster. <laughs> Um, you know, and that's okay. I got to where I'm at and the ups and downs with it, but that's my personality. I was okay with it. Um, there were times I thought about, you know, do I want to start like right now when, before the pandemic shutdowns, I was in that place where I was like, do I want to start a new practice and have a brick and mortar hemming and hawing? I decided no, because I wanted, I, I just didn't want to have to have office hours and be mm -hmm. there. So I love that I can have office hours at the beach or in someone's home or over Zoom, whatever works. And I enjoy it more than I thought. I do miss the interaction with people. So that's where for me, having live events is such an important part because I, yeah, I enjoy, oh, I, miss, I love being with people and there's, I have to have that because that's what keeps me grounded and, and, and just connected. Otherwise I get lost out there. So, um, it's a little both, but that's where I'm at and where, where I'm at now. I like the one-on-one -on -one and I like the group also. Awesome. Well, look, I'm glad we, uh, met the universe, put us together, um, to, to get this podcast done. Uh, please send us information on the untamed heart. I think a lot of our listeners here would be very intrigued with, uh, with that, um, you know, whether it's in person or over Zoom, uh, officially welcome you to use the term Halo Health Active Lifestyle Outdoors. It sounds like you're hitting on on all four of the the letters, and um, you'll know, look forward to seeing you and your crew 
around Manhattan Beach and let's keep helping everyone, you know, live the best lives they can. So great to see you and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Pete. I'm so glad I took the time to just slow down and be willing to sit and wait for my daughter. Awesome. Thank you so much.